Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place where you can find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week we will take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join Joe and Jeremy as they get real with themselves, with God, and with you. Welcome back. We're here with you on uh, Real Life, Living in the Here and Now. I'm Scott Napier, along with your host, Joe Farmer. And we're talking about uh, giving birth to a vision. And Joe, I believe you're going to finish up the second trimester and dive into the third and try to try to finish this up here on this segment. Yeah. I'm talking too much. <laughs> it's been great. Been really great. So I hope hope people enjoy this. Hope it helps somebody. Um, you know, the first trimester, of course, is accepting the, the vision or the pregnancy. The second one is accepting the baby. And mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, uh, until a woman views the baby growing inside of her as something desired, yeah, she'll never discipline herself to follow prenatal instructions you know the body the body has to become more important than you the baby has to become more important than you than than your agenda your ideals you know scott we live in a very very selfish world we do and the 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 ideal of what jesus teaches us to to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him doesn't doesn't sit very well in the world that we live in today but you know god's calling us to a life of, of, of denial, yes. you know, denying ourselves and committing ourselves to Him and to other people, uh, to serving other people. But, you know, during the, the second trimester, Scott, during this time, the baby is being prepared for life outside the womb. The lungs mature, the eyes become sensitive to light, and, and the baby is aware of sounds outside of the womb. That's why when my wife was pregnant, I would put headphones on her, on her, on her belly with worship music yeah and i'll never forget you know we used to listen to hill song at that time this was 18 years ago my daughter's uh-huh. now 18 and did right. it with my son too but she was teething she was crying and really upset and one day uh i had the tv on a hill song was on and she went over from the tv and she raised her hands to worship isn't that something and went over on the couch and laid down and went to sleep because that was birthed inside of her yeah while she was inside the womb and because i recognized that she could hear and feel yes. things outside the womb you know god's preparing to during this time and you preparing the vision to live mm-hmm. um, during this time you should become more sensitive to the light of the holy spirit mm-hmm. you should be aware of the sounds coming around you from god's voice yeah uh, sounds uh, in the world the groans of people suffering the desperation of your community and your family allow god to open your eyes during this second trimester of accepting a baby. It's, it's, it is fortunate, though, that pregnancy takes at least nine months because it gives the baby time to mature or the vision. Mm-hmm. If a vision is birthed too quickly, it may die prematurely. Oh, absolutely. And if, if vision is induced through zeal, not according to the knowledge of the truth, we could destroy something that God wants to do. With patience, you possess your soul. Mm-hmm. And it's that you know. Listen, we we're in a microwave culture. We talked we're, about earlier. We yeah. want everything right now. Right now, yeah. You might as well throw that out the window. Doesn't work with the vision, does it? It, it doesn't work with God. No. You got to understand. We created time. Mm-hmm. 
not God. I mean, well, God created the days, and yeah. I'm just saying, but where where He is at, you know, the Bible says the day is a thousand years, yeah, and thousand, right, yeah. a, a thousand years is a yeah. day. Time means absolutely nothing to God. <laughs> no, that's true. Nothing. That's true. So you might as well do as the military says, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. But we've got to trust Him that he knows what he's doing, Scott. This vision takes a while to birth. It does. And and going back to what you said on our last episode about the rodeo that you yeah. built, you didn't say when you were leaving that day, I'll be back tomorrow to build you a rodeo. No, no. <laughs> it took time, didn't it? It did. And a lot of process. It did. I, and, process. I, and I remember, you know, we uh, we we came back, we cast the vision. Yes, Uh we uh, we came on your radio program. You cared for that. You cultivated it. Then you other know, people got the vision. Yes, uh, other churches got involved. Yes. Scott, yes. people gave money. Yes, and man, if I could go, I, I could do a whole episode on just the whole thing. Yeah. Going down there, what a nightmare right. it was. <laughs> we got down there, and we were supposed to stay in the National Guard Armory, yeah. and it looked like. <laughs> It looked like one of these apocalyptic movies. There was, I mean, the bathrooms didn't work, nothing. Yeah. And I told people, I think God did kind of a Gideon thing there. Yeah. If we told everybody we was going down there to stay in a hotel, we'd have oh, had 500 yeah. people. You would, yeah. But people thought we was going to stay in, a, in an armory, and mm-hmm. we were prepared to do that. But yeah. it wasn't ready. We couldn't right. stay in it. We ended up staying in a hotel sure. and, you know, kind of took the place over. There was about yeah. 40 of us. So, <laughs> But, you know, the nine-month period also gives us time to prepare for the baby, putting things in order to nurture the baby, to take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, John fifteen sixteen says, You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I've appointed you to produce fruit that will last. Yeah. And to ask the Father in my name to give you whatever you ask for. That's the key, Scott. God wants to see fruit that last. Fruit that lasts. You know, he's not interested in a flash in the pan. Listen, you know, learn to stick with something. Don't have yeah. 10 things going at once. This is coming from a guy that's had 10 things going at once. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's not, you know, don't do not do 10 things mediocre. Do things. Do one thing really, one really thing. good. Yeah. <laughs> With all that you got. Yeah. You know. Um, so, Scott, that brings us to the, the two to third trimester, which is preparing for parenthood, or they call this nest building. Yes. Uh, before the baby comes home, you got to make some preparation. You also have to deal with with your own issues. Now, this is actually nursing literature stuff I'm reading here. One of the tasks of pregnancy is working through previous life experiences. Mm-hmm. Things that have been repressed for years may may surface in your life. Start to come back up. Yeah. yeah. No one can suffer trauma and not have it surface somewhere in their life. Now, mm-hmm. and and if anybody's out there that's actually been pregnant, lady, you you understand this. If 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 you you've got to learn to deal with your issues, maybe you you didn't have a, a great childhood. Maybe your mom and dad's no longer with you, or something. Those issues, Scott, when you become pregnant, begin to surface. You got to deal with your issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want if you're God's calling you to do something. That's why Jesus said, "Listen, if you come to the altar and you got an altar against your brother, you leave your sacrifice to the altar. Go be reconciled Take to care your brother of that first. Yeah. Exactly right." Exactly. You got to deal with your issues. Mm-hmm. You know, God's calling us, and this is also something not popular teaching today, Scott. But God's calling us to holiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, not the holiness that you put on by by your clothes, the holiness of your heart, the sanctification, mm-hmm. being set apart, being being somebody that 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 you know 
God can use in your life. Deal with your stuff. Yeah. You know, you don't have a bad temper because you're redheaded. You have a bad temper because you got a bad temper. Yeah. Quit blaming your Scotch Irish heritage. Yeah, Deal go. with your stuff. Okay? <laughs> Deal with your insecurities. Mm-hmm. Well, my family's always been that way. Well, your family's always been wrong. Yeah. Okay. Right. Stop blaming your family. Mm-hmm. Stop blaming your circumstances. Yep. Own it. Hit it straight a, straight ahead. Own your stuff. That's right. God can't use you with your attitude. Mm -hmm. God can't use you if you've got unforgiveness and bitterness against somebody. Deal with your stuff so God can use you. If you don't, the baby's not going to be born. Yeah. Or it's going to be premature and it may not survive. Yeah. You know. So too many visions, though, have have been lost because of issues that came up right before God began to move. Mm -hmm. Right? If you don't deal with your stuff, Right before you give birth, those issues may come up, and it may destroy what God's wanting to do in your life. That's true. If you need to ask somebody to forgive you. That's great counsel. If you need to do something, do it, man. That's great counsel. Deal with your stuff. Deal with your stuff. Take every precaution. Yeah. And deal with with your things. Take ownership. That's it. So, uh, you know, people that have never been through... Trouble suddenly begin to be a hindrance when you're 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 going through this nest building. They don't care how much you talk about it, as long as you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, some people refuse to change and will resist any attempt for the church to change. You know, when you become pregnant, when you're going to have a baby, or, or or in the spiritual sense, when God begins to call you to do something, Scott, a lot of times that makes people that do nothing really uncomfortable. Nervous, yeah. Yeah. Nervous. Look at the Grecian widows in the Bible. You know, they began to murmur and complain they weren't getting their food and things weren't going right. Listen, if God begins to call you something and you begin to get excited about something and you start reaching out to do something and it's exciting, that's going to make some people very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to murmur and complain. And some people is going to try to hinder what you're doing. And you need to accept that. That's just part of the process. Yeah, that, that that's going to happen. It is. That's going to happen. You know, nothing worthwhile is ever done without some sort of tribulation or, or, or problem. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's easy, is it worth Anybody it? could do it. That's right. If it's easy, anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but God's calling us to do something that, you know, uh, it's not going to be easy, Scott. But Oftentimes I, we get comfortable, Joe, yeah. in where we are. Speaking from experience, yeah, you're sitting, you're just, you're just coasting along, and then somebody catches a vision, and, and you'll be in that place. Right. Maybe sometime. Don't don't be in that place. That's right. Of what do they think they're going to do? Do they think that's going to work and all of that? You know, everybody's not going to be excited about your vision. Right. You're going to see some of those some of those folks. Well, and and that's where you've got to understand too that you know, that's God's vision. You know, people mm-hmm. come in, for example, at a coffee shop one time. They say, "Man, was this your ideal?" I said, "No, it was God's ideal." Yeah. You know. It's not mine. And we need to stop. You know, It's not your ministry. No. It's not your church. Mm-hmm. It's not your anointing. It's all God's. Yeah. You are a steward that God is asking to shepherd that or steward that. You yeah. don't own anything. No. Jack squat. Because if you don't accept the call, guess what? Somebody else will. Yeah. He'll get his work accomplished. Yeah. And somebody else will do it. It's his work. It's his work. It's his and, work. And, you know, we should feel honored that God would even, uh, you know, 
Let us participate. Yeah. The Bible says we are laborers together yes. with God. Count yourself worthy. You that's know. right. We're not laborers apart from God. Yes. It's not something that we're doing. It's all it's all his works, God. Absolutely. And we gotta realize that. But you know, Isaiah sixty six nine says, Do I bring a mother to the moment of birth and not let her deliver? Ask the Lord. Do I cause a mother to deliver and then make her unable to have a child? Ask your God. You know, God will not give you a vision and then not give you the resources and the tools no. for you to carry it out. Absolutely. And you've got to understand that. No matter how bleak or how hard it seems, God will give you everything you need when you need it. When God's you... not going to dump it all out and let you sort through it right. when it starts. And, and start throwing off on it, you know. Exactly. All these tools that, that you get, you know, sometimes we accumulate a lot of tools. Somebody will give you tools, right. in other words. And you well, that's junk. I'll never use that, you know. That's why you don't get all that stuff at once, you know, to grumble and complain. There's an old saying that is so true. God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the call. That's right. So he's going to give you everything when you need it. That's right. Just as you need it. Well, you know, God may give you a hammer to work with for a while when you need a a screw gun. (laughs) And you may murmur and complain. But when he finally gives you that screw gun, how much are you going to appreciate it? Absolutely. How much are you going to... Uh, it's hard to know. drive a screw in, isn't it? It sure <laughs> With is. A hammer. It certainly is. But you know, um, labor begins, Scott. We're going to we're going to talk about signs of labor now, and signs of labor spiritually speaking. Labor begins with subtle signs. Uh, Ten to fourteen days before labor begins, lightning occurs. Mm-hmm. It literally means to lighten your load. Lightning gives the woman relief from the pressure on her diaphragm that has been causing her shortness of breath. This literally lightens her load. It gets easier for her to breathe. So what you have to understand, there's going to come a time before you know you give birth to that thing God's calling you. He's going to lighten your load. You might be weary and well-doing. Maybe you're tired of being pregnant and want to deliver. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been pregnant, if you're a woman, you, you know it's miserable. Yes. There comes a time... When you've been carrying this thing for some, you just get this out of me. Yes. Just, just cut my belly Absolutely. open, rip it out. When do I go? What yeah. time you want me there? You start yeah. looking for. Maybe when yes. you first become pregnant, you start dreading dreading the pregnancy. Time. Yeah. But when that time comes, son, yes. you are so ready. Sign me up. Yeah. You, you know mm-hmm. that's like your kids leaving your home. You know, you think when your kids are little, I can never imagine my kids living outside my home. Then they become teenagers. Right. And then you understand how you you can let them go. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you still here? Would you believe? (laughs) You know, God prepares. That's that's a process. And it's bittersweet. But God gives you, you know, prepares you with that. You know, the Bible says to cast your cares upon the Lord. He will lighten your load. He will make it able to you able to do what he wants you to do. Absolutely. He doesn't put any, any more on us than we can bear. Sometimes we feel like, Lord, how can I stand any more? You know? Amen. But, yeah, you can. You really you, can. You really and, can. And there will come that time, the lightning of the load. That's right. Because, he, you know, he bears our burdens. He does. And we bear one another's burdens, or we're right. supposed to. So when you have these signs of labor, sometimes in the last week or days before labor begins, you will notice extremely strong Braxton Hicks contractions. These is false labor, Scott. Right. They're they're sometimes they're interpreted as true labor, and what most people have thought of as maybe 
you know, it's time to do what God wants me to do, or uh, this is time for the move of God. Maybe it was just false labor. Might have been. Jesus said we would do greater things, not have greater services. Yeah. You know, sometimes people misinterpret a good church service. I, and you and I, I, we've all been there, and I'm not, I can say this because I am one. But I've been to church before, and we have a tremendous service, and people think, well, then we need to call revival for a week. Yeah. No, we just had a good church service. Let me, please. Yeah. I don't want to be here every night for a month <laughs> yeah. because you, you had a, we had a good church service. Exactly. You know, yeah. uh, you're killing me. Yeah. You know, um, just because we had a good church service doesn't mean now it's time to, to call a six-week revival. Mm-hmm. You know, God called us to do greater things, not have greater services. Right. You know, if we're seeing... Uh, you know the fruits of the spirit, the, the, the you know the signs, uh, wonders, or things. Hey, let's go! But you know, God, that's not what God's asking us to do. No. You know, those Braxton Hicks contractions, Scott. They they often begin and then they remain irregular. They disappear with increased activity or more church. Mm-hmm. We try to stretch it out to a six week revival. Yeah. You know, do not increase in duration or frequency or in, or intensity. It's just more good church. Yeah, that's right. So I'm afraid what we're calling a lot of times a move of God is just good church. Yeah. But is that making a difference in people? It's great to have those good services and good church. But really, that that doesn't help anybody that wasn't in the church, in that service. And our mission is really outside. We come to church and get all charged up and energized for our mission that occurs and that takes place outside of those four walls of the church. That's right. Yeah, the great service is great because it restores us and it renews us and energizes us uh, to do more and to do, like you said, greater works, not have greater services. Well, again, you know, it's it's about the vision. It's about the baby. That's right. You know, and that's what it's... we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Joshua 3.15 says the Jordan overflows all its banks during the harvest season. Uh, when the priests who were ca- were carrying the ark came to the edge of the Jordan River and set foot in, you know, that's when it opened. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these times that it feels like the river is overflowing the yes. banks mm-hmm. and, and God's moving, and that's yes. a wonderful thing. It is. It's great. Um, but we've got to stay consistent to what God wants mm-hmm. us to do. And not misinterpret that. So this brings us to the final part, Scott, of this. And I'm trying to sum this up today and hope we don't go too long. But there's three components of successful labor, okay? You've went through all three trimesters of of, of birthing a vision. You've mm-hmm. accepted the vision. You've accepted the baby. You've nest built. Uh, you're having signs of labor or, or signs of, 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 of labor. Now we're going to talk about the actual labor itself. There's three things that make up a, a successful labor. There's the passage the passenger, and the power. These are literally nursing terms. Yes. Okay? The passage, that's the route the baby must travel Uh through the body. So have you prepared the way for the vision to be birthed through you? Is there a passage? Mm -hmm. Can God move through your life? Can God move where you are? Can God move in your church? Mm -hmm. Can God do something? Uh, uh, Do you have the right attitude? Do you have the right outlook? Uh, Is there love in your church? Is there, you know, a baby can't survive uh, in in an environment where there's no love, Scott. Mm -hmm. If you neglect a baby, it'll die. If you just Mm -hmm. lay a baby there and you don't love it and nurture, it will die. So your church, your family, your ministry can, can, 
is there a way, is there a passage prepared wow, for that? Good. And the passage, then the passenger, this is the process, the process, I'm sorry, it's made up a word. The, <laughs> Processation. The I process like of the presentation of the baby through the alignment with the pelvis, the pelvic ring. Whether a baby can pass depends on both its structure yeah. and its alignment with the pelvis. Yes. So are you ready for what God wants to do? Have you got the pieces in all the right places? Are you aligned with God's will and with God's leadership? Good. Is the passenger, can they pass through you? Are you lined up? If the body's not lined up, mm-hmm. the baby can't be born no. through the pass, through the pelvic rings, Scott. Right. And then the power. The power for delivery is supplied by the fundus of the uterus and implemented by the uterine contractions. Now, in the spirit, right. the power is supplied by God and implemented by the Holy Ghost. You don't have Absolutely. to worry about if you can do it. or what. God's going to supply the power. He supplies the power. Yeah, that's where it comes from. That's right. Everything you need to do what God wants you to do, God will supply the power for you to do that. Every pastor and preacher has got their horror stories about their labor experiences, just like every mother that wants to relive her bad experience does. Right. Yeah. I remember when we were, my wife was pregnant, everybody wanted to come up and tell her how horrible oh, yeah. their pregnancy was. I was in labor for three months. I died four times. They had to have a C-section with, yeah. a, with a butter knife. Yeah, you know. Why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Why How would is you that do that? Help mama. Yeah. yeah, you're scared her to death. You scare and, and listen. When God calls you to do something, everybody's going to tell you their horror story. Yeah. Oh God, don't oh, go past her that yeah. church. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They'll kill you. It's awful. That's- that family goes down there. You know that family. Yeah. Exactly right. And that's how it happens. You know, this tells me first that they didn't birth what God wanted them to. Right. And second, their labor experience. Uh, you know, um, and and and. Just like, you know, uh, let me go back. The se- And second, they didn't think it was worth it. Yeah. If your focus is on the labor instead of on the baby, you've lost focus. Oh, you have. If all you're focusing on, you know, the, and in the Bible it says that when the baby's born or the labor pains come, yeah. there's joy oh, yeah. in that baby, Scott. There if is. all you could talk about is how awful the labor was yeah. and you have no joy in the baby being born, you probably gave birth to something that God didn't intend mm. you to give birth to. That's deep stuff. That's good. Mm. Great stuff. First Corinthians 15 and 58, and I'm going to finish with this. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor... Not in vain. It's not in vain in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Don't abort a vision because you dread to labor. Yeah. It will be worth it after a while. Once you hold that baby, you forget about all the pain you had to go through to oh, get it here. Oh, my goodness, yes. Once your family gets saved, you forget about all the trouble they caused you. The joy overshadows the grief. It really does. It really does. You know, it, it's it's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. But in the end, it's so much worth it. It is. So much worth it. This is great stuff. I hope people's enjoyed this. I hope it helps somebody. You know, I just, my my prayer, Scott, is that I can at least save somebody some time and trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, These are just things God's taught me that I'm, honestly, I almost wish that we didn't talk about this today because this has killed me (laughs) because 
you know, I've grown complacent in, in, in places in my yes. life. I've, we, uh, we're guilty. We, we, we are. are. We really it, are. This, you know, there's a lot of this today that applies to me. And you never completely, you know, even though I've learned this, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not that I never have to do it again or never right. have to line myself back up with it again. That's why this podcast is called Real Life. Amen. Living in the here and now. We're all. Uh, living this stuff and uh, we're none perfect no not one great stuff joe thanks Thanks for letting me be a part of this thanks for doing it man i I appreciate that really appreciate you coming on thanks for uh, all those that are listening to the podcast today you can go back and listen to uh, prior episodes if you've missed a part of this it's a it's uh we've done three of these today so uh it's good you can go back and get all of those and stay tuned uh for more real life living in the here and now And until we meet again, remember, as we always say, keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.